Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Power for All podcast, a forum for leaders working to end energy poverty. I'm William Brent, Chief Campaign Officer of Power for All. In this episode, we're speaking with Kat Harrison, who leads the energy work at 60 Decibels, an impact and measurement company that helps social impact organizations around the world better understand their customers, suppliers, and beneficiaries. Specifically, we'll be unpacking new data on how the COVID pandemic is impacting off-grid solar customers in rural Africa. But before we get to that, a reminder that you can find a wealth of sector news, analysis, and data on our website, powerforall.org, where you can also sign up for our monthly newsletters and other, uh, other updates. And if you feel like making a tax-deductible contribution to Power for All, you can make a donation on our homepage as well. With that, welcome, Kat. So you've been a pioneer in measuring impact in the energy access sector for many years. Uh, with the COVID crisis, we know that companies who deliver electricity to off-grid rural communities in Africa and Asia are struggling to survive. And thanks to research that you are doing with GOGLA, the Off-Grid Solar Trade Association, as well as the Rockefeller Foundation and others, we're now learning that existing customers of those companies are also feeling the pinch. So I'm wondering if you can give us the headline of what you found from the latest data. Yeah, of course. So we've seen that four in five families say their financial situation has got worse since the pandemic. In fact, much worse for a third. So people are talking about how government measures such as lockdowns have affected their ability to earn an income. They talk of financial hardship, the increased expenses they're seeing in their home and struggles with opening their businesses. Three quarters of customers have had to employ some coping mechanism to weather this storm. So whether that's perhaps using the money, uh, money their family had been saving, borrowing from friends or family or other sources, and some families even selling assets, which will likely affect their long-term recovery and resilience. Um, and for a third, a third, this has even led to reduced food consumption in the home, which is you know, a real sign of extreme financial distress. Um, and all of this is from over 13,000 uh, interviews across 10 countries. So there's some variation across countries, of course, but, but everyone's affected to a really large degree. And Kat, all of these countries are in Sub-Saharan Africa, correct? Across uh, East Africa, West Africa, and Asia, actually, yeah. Okay. And do you have a sense of where the customers sit? Uh, I mean, if you think about the bottom of the pyramid being segmented into different uh, segments of, of income, are, are these customers sort of at the top of that pyramid? Are they in the middle? Where, do you know how many cents of where they sit? Yeah, so again, this very much varies by uh, company and by country based on kind of external factors as well as perhaps how expensive uh, the products are or, or uh, the financing services offered. But around two thirds of the customers sit below the relative poverty line to the $3.20 per person per day line. Interesting. Okay. You've been tracking this for a few months already through the regular surveys that you've been doing. Um, where are we trending with consumer ability to pay during that period? So looking back to whenever you started, I think it might have been April or May, to where we are today, uh, how, how's that trending? Uh, and then also I'm wondering if you can uh, forecast ahead a little bit based on what you've seen uh, previously about where we're headed to. Yeah, so interestingly, we've seen a really consistent level of repayment throughout the pandemic. So for the three months, May, June and July, around two thirds of Paygo Solar customers said they were making payments for their solar home systems as normal at this time. Um, and companies have said this is broadly in line with what they're actually seeing as well. Um, more than half of the customers say they're confident to make payments for the month ahead as well. 
that said, families are finding this harder. You know, one in five say that these payments are a heavy burden compared to data we had before COVID, which which uh, put that group at just three percent. So a, a big change in in the how heavy those or how, how big of a burden those payments feel. Um, we what we think this is really showing though is just how much customers value having light in their homes, the ability to charge phones, and in some cases the opportunity to watch TV. Um, we see a higher proportion of customers saying their quality of life has been improved by accessing energy than pre-COVID. And I think it's this that's really encouraging customers to prioritize their energy payments so they can keep the lights on. Um, that said, you know, looking forward, as families deplete the coping mechanisms they can use and if economies don't recover, then continued decreased incomes are likely to affect longer term payments. Um, we found in our research just last month, actually, uh, most of the families who are not using savings as a coping mechanism didn't have them available to use. And unsurprisingly, this was most marked for the most vulnerable. So I think we might see longer term uh, changes in repayments as as and if this this pandemic continues to affect people's income. Hmm, OK, and just to, for the listeners, um, this is uh, this research is in partnership with Dola, uh, among others. But uh, is, is it just the Google membership, the member companies that have been part of the survey? Or, and if so, what sort of the typical profile of those companies? Do they have a certain average number of customers? Are, there, are we also talking about smaller indigenous companies as well that have been surveyed? Yeah, it's quite the range, actually. So for the Gogler work, it's just Gogler members, but um, SNV, Efficiency for Access, and Rockefeller Foundation have all funded um, work in the energy space that we're doing as well. So there is quite a range. Um, and that goes from sort of mini-grid companies right through to um, solar lantern companies. So quite a range in terms of what's being offered and actually a real range in size as well. So you have the big companies that we know and love, like D-Light and Greenlight Planet, part of this, but then newer, smaller companies like perhaps Mwezi Power in Kenya um, or Tsunami in Kenya as well. So, yeah, quite a range. And then um, one last question for you is, uh, you know, I think you're not asking uh, uh, energy users in the research you're doing right now sort of what the impact of COVID has been uh, on them in terms of uh, income, et cetera. So, what I'm trying to get at is if, if uh, for example, a customer gets to the point where they're unable to pay and that energy stop, uh, service provision stops, I know you're not asking them, you know, sort of what they'll lose. But based on previous research, um, you know what customers have gained from having access to energy. So based on that previous research, can you sort of uh, project a little bit what, what's at stake here? So if, if energy service ends for a vulnerable family, for example, what did they get? What are, what are they losing that they've already gained? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, firstly, um, some companies at this time are offering different levels of payment relief or support. Um, and in some cases, that support support is keeping energy available, even if customers aren't paying. So we, so we don't have the data specifically on the impact of losing a service, but we do know that, that companies, many companies are trying to serve their customers and support them at this time. Um, but as you say, we do know how impactful and important energy access is. Um, for one in five, energy access is a source of income where customers use the solar home system or 
or their mini grid connection for productive use. Many families talk about the impact on education with their children being able to and more motivated to study after dark and do their homework. And we know that end users often feel safer and sometimes healthier by moving away from flame-based lighting like kerosene lamps and candles. And in some ways, most importantly, customers tell us how it makes their lives happier, easier, safer. So there's certainly a worry about the cost of not having access to energy at this time. In fact, you might have seen a new UN report finds that COVID is reversing decades of progress on poverty, healthcare and education. So now feels like a really critical time to do everything that we can to support companies and customers um, at this time to enable them to really experience that, the positive impacts of energy access. Yeah, so true. I mean, very high stakes, right? We're in a, in a very specific moment in time where uh, things can go either direction. So, Kat, thank you so much for the work that you're doing uh, to help all of us understand better what the, the impact is today and what potentially it could be. Uh, we thank you for that work and keep it up and uh, we'll be here to support you with Power for All. Um, and Kat, do you, you want to tell people uh, how to learn more about um, 60 Decibels? Yeah, great. In fact, um, so on our uh, website, 60decibels.com, we have a public, publicly available online dashboard that has all of the insights we're learning. We're updating weekly from all of this COVID research. You can filter by lots of different sectors, poverty levels, age, income, um, all sorts of things. So if you want to explore, explore more, please do visit there. Great. Thank you again, Kat. Thank you.